I'm Jill Shaw, and you're listening to Last Night at School Committee. Ross Wilson and I are here to summarize for you what happened last night during the Boston Public Schools School Committee meeting. What happens at each school committee meeting has big implications for our students and our city, and this podcast shines a light on the decisions our leaders are making. Ross, good morning. Good morning, Jill. What a night last night. I mean, that meeting lasted, it was kind of back to the old times, Jill, where we had about a a five-hour-plus meeting last night. It really was. And, you know, seriously, there was lots of innuendo, unclear timelines, misrepresentations, and to use a term that we heard during the night, unnecessary disorganization. But before we get into that, the meeting kicked off with acknowledgement and celebration of the graduating class of Boston Public School seniors and outgoing Boston Student Advisory Council members, including student representative Zyra Mercer, who gave a lovely outgoing speech. Yes, congratulations to Zyra and all the graduating seniors. The meeting continued in a bit of an unexpected way. Chair Robinson announced that the update on the superintendent search scheduled for the very end of the meeting last night would actually be presented at the very top of the meeting. Right. So, Ross, let's get into this. Did you find the conversation about timeline a little confusing? Jill, I found it very confusing. (laughs) So, you know, we're at the end of the school year. June 27th is the last day of school. And that week is the week right before the July 4th holiday, which is on, on a Monday this year. It's the one week where there is a complete lull in the academic system. There is no summer school, and some people take vacation that week. Needless to say, it's a very quiet week for the district. And during these few weeks, the school committee will need to announce a finalist, hold public interviews with each of the finalists, offer a job, approve a contract, and establish a transition process. And that becomes even more complicated if there is a need for an interim superintendent. Right. And as we know, the interviews with superintendent candidates took place over the past week, right? And the search committee has another meeting scheduled this Saturday, so in two days. And yet we heard that final interviews will likely be held the week of June 20th, June 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. So that's a week and a half from now. Also, there was conversation of the possible need for another school committee meeting on June 29th, and potentially the school committee meeting on the 22nd will be moved to the 21st, but that depends, I guess, on whether or not there are two or three finalists. Both possibilities were raised by Chair Robinson. They remain on track to ultimately select two to three final candidates to recommend to the school committee for consideration once they complete their interviews and deliberations and allowing for background checking, verification of credentials, et cetera. Ross, she mentioned that background checks will need to be conducted on the finalists. When you were running Human Capital for BPS, how long did that take? And when did you start running background checks on candidates like these? Well, Jill, so background checks just means you're ver- you're verifying their employment. You're talking to references. You're and in- you're ensuring there's no criminal record for these applicants. And this would be going on during this process, right? They wouldn't. So it name- should be happening now. It, it should be right. happening now. Right. It okay. should be happening. You know, they've gotten through a couple of different rounds. You would be checking on these applicants along the way. This takes a matter of days. This doesn't take a matter of weeks. And this should have been happening all along. Okay, so then there's also an open question about the dates and times for the two or three public interviews. Chair Robinson was asked about this timeline, and she deferred the question to Vice Chair O'Neill. Here's what he said. You are tentatively planning to have the public sessions. So one candidate in the city for a day 
you know, one on Wednesday, the 22nd, one on Thursday, the 23rd, one on Friday, the 24th, assuming yes. school committee members have the ability, ability to change the scheduled school committee meeting on the 22nd to the 21st, and then would be able to make a school committee interview session as well as the other public sessions that are being yeah. But I yeah. believe that is your preliminary planning. Jill, this is two weeks away, and it's an incredibly busy time for parents and families in BPS. And still, we're not being told exactly what date and what time BPS families and community members need to set aside in order to ensure that they can be part of the interview process for the final two or three candidates. Right. And in addition, community members who we found out last night will run a panel still have not been chosen. And we heard that there may be multiple panels, one with teachers and principals, one with parents, one with community members, I guess students also. But there was no clarity on who would be on these panels or how they would even be selected. But we do know that there will be six people on each panel. School committee member Brandon Cardet Hernandez pointed out the lack of clarity here. So, so at this point, we don't know who the six community members are. We don't know no. who the six parents are. And Chair Robinson responded. No, we do not know at all. I will be working with the, um, the mayor's office to determine that list. If you have ideas of people who you think would be good in any category, I welcome you to send me their name. At this point, I, you know, I, for six people in each category, you know, you know, 50 or 60 people who would like to volunteer, again, we're going to need to figure out how we can get the greatest diversity and representation, but still provide the best opportunity for people if there are questions to be asked. Ross, is this how the process would typically run, just given that you've been through several of these? Well, Jill, first, let me start off by saying no. I mean, we would know the dates yeah. of the interviews well beforehand, right? Like these would be laid out. The, the, the community members would know, like we'd have the, like a, the process would be formalized at this point, not like a moving process with it, two weeks yeah. out. This is ridiculous. It, it just does feel like, oh, and now we, oh, 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 yeah. we're really hitting up against the end of the school year. Yeah, this is not and typical. The of, and the end of superintendent, the current superintendent's contract. This is not typical. No matter how many times the school committee members keep on saying, Oh, this is right on track. Yeah. This is not, not this is not on track. Typically, Jill, we would have one day per finalist, I should say, right? So each day would include school visits, they would include meetings with key stakeholder groups and city leaders. There would be a lunch meeting with, you know, with key members of the community, and then the day would end with a public interview in the evening where everybody could watch the public interview with the school committee members. And that's how this happens and these days would be set up well ahead of time. And everybody would know about them, and it'd be a very public, a very public process. I mean, I would imagine even the everybody at the beginning of the process, the candidates would have been set up to say, if you are one of the final candidates, plan on being in Boston on X, Y, or Z dates, right? Like this is <laughs> typically you start the process yeah. with knowing how the end will happen. But Ross, then there's also the question of the interim superintendent, and I guess whether or not we actually need one. Here's what Chair Robinson said when asked about this issue by Brandon Cardet Hernandez. I have, as you well know, been asking about the same question uh, since the very beginning of this process. There's a lot of complication going on in the district, as we all know. And so the issue is not only are we looking to name a person, but we need a person that would like to do the job also. So, and as we are working for, as we're working 
forward, you know, we, we just can't snap our fingers and say, tag, you're it. So the issue is, as we are working through the DESE report and other issues, we are working with the senior leadership team and others to make sure that we can move forward on all the moving pieces that we know most critically need our attention. And um, hopefully by this weekend, we will have a firm answer to this issue. I am as concerned about this as you all are, and am also somewhat frustrated that we don't have a clear answer moving forward. What Chair Robinson here is suggesting is that the reason they're hedging on the interim is at least in part because they can't find someone to agree to do the job. But she also suggests at a different point in the meeting that perhaps they won't need one if the new superintendent is someone internal. I think that we will have, again, a bit more clarity in this next weekend of how we will move forward with that plan, depending on what the outcome is of the search and where we are moving forward. But we have been talking about the, the clarity around if we have somebody coming in right away and whether or not their familiarity to the district means that their things will move forward or whether we will need a longer period of interims. We know there's a search committee meeting on Saturday in two days, and we know that after this weekend, there will be more clarity on whether an interim will be needed based on how familiar the person who ultimately gets the job is with the district. So this suggests that they're likely deliberating this weekend, right? And we'll have reached a resolution of some kind by the end of the weekend. So given that, we might expect to hear the names of the finalists in the coming days, But Chair Robinson noted that they might not be able to announce the finalists until the following week, the week of the 20th. So we continue, Jill, here not knowing exactly what's going to be happening and when. We also heard this curious comment from Vice Chair Michael O'Neill. As typically as interim, in this case, if we even need one, it would probably just be acting somewhat to supervise a license for contractual purposes for a, you know, very potentially short period. The superintendent, I believe, is with us until July 15th. Ross, July 15th. It's always been reported that Superintendent Casilius leaves on June 30th. That's what her contract says. That's what's been publicly reported. And that's the date that has been mentioned throughout this process. So where did July 15th come from? This is the first time we've heard any mention that the superintendent would be here past June 30th. So, Ross, is Superintendent Casilius going to be the interim superintendent? Yeah, possibly. I mean, however, this would have to be voted on by the committee and her contract would need to be extended. I have to say, this is all very confusing. And at a time of profound instability in our district, it is frankly unnecessary. There's no reason we shouldn't know the schedule for public interviews. There's no reason those public interviews should conflict with the next school committee meeting. There's no reason we should need to add a school committee meeting in order to deliberate on the final candidates. There's no reason there should be confusion about the current superintendent's last day. Yeah. There's no reason for any of this, Jill, especially since everyone keeps saying we're still on track. We're still on track with the plan. It's, it's everything's fine here. School committee member Brandon Cardin Hernandez summed up this frustration in this way. I can't, I'm just saying this, like I can't imagine what it feels like to work in the system right now and to keep being told that trust this process and you are not going to need clarity around who will be in command through the transition if it if it if it doesn't play the way that we are hoping it will play. And so 
I just feel like it's a level of, I'm sorry about this in the background, but it is, it, it's a level of, of unnecessary disorganization. Unnecessary disorganization. So Ross, you're right. It's really confusing. They've interviewed candidates. Background checks are underway or finalized. They're just checking now with school committee members, the public, community members, and others to ensure that they are free the week of June 20th for two to three days of interviews, which means that there will be two to three final candidates, but we don't know from where, and so we don't know if there will be an interim assigned because it would seem that if the candidate is internal, then they could start immediately. But if they're from somewhere else, they'd have to give notice of their departure. And then presumably BPS would need an interim superintendent who could be the current superintendent because maybe she's staying an extra two weeks. We don't know. Yeah, that seems all clear, Jill. Yeah. Thank you for summarizing it. Well, as best we could. The, the meeting then continued where it would typically start with the superintendent report. The superintendent mentioned that the district is lifting the school mask mandate for the final two weeks of school, beginning on Monday, though she did not discuss the metrics that drove this decision, which was pointed out by public commenters. The superintendent then acknowledged the passing of the BPS budget by the Boston City Council and discussed the plan for a Green New Deal for Boston facilities. Ross, what is the Green New Deal, and how is it different from the Build BPS plan, a 10-year plan that is already in its fifth year? Well, Jill, I'll let the superintendent answer that question for me. This week, I met with the Build PPS team, which is now the Green New Deal team, and we started to uh, map out the community engagement for these projects. Also, what's going to be happening alongside that is the two studies that are going to be done around the academic pathway work, as well as the building utilization study. And those two studies will deliver to you all an, uh, in about 12 to 18 months a really comprehensive plan, which is going to, I think, deal with this transparency issue with our families around <clears throat> what buildings, what condition, when they can expect changes at their building, you know, how they advocate, how they're involved in these decision makings. And so I think that's going to be really exciting work over the next 12 to 18 months. So the Green New Deal is just a rebrand of Build BPS, except for now we're going to do another assessment of our buildings, which will take 12 to 18 months. So by that point, we'll be in year seven or eight of our 10-year plan, and we'll be starting over from scratch. And the superintendent is also saying that this 12 to 18-month process will provide the transparency that's currently lacking from BPS. Right. So, so just wait 18 months, and then our transparency issues will be resolved. Thank God. By the way, Jill, I'd love to hear more about the Green New Deal. How is it green? Uh, are we replacing fossil fuels in schools? Mm. Uh, are we going to put solar panels on all our roofs in schools? Are we going to replace all of our windows and light bulbs with energy efficient alternatives? Do we put in new flushing systems that have water saving techniques in our schools? Instead, none of that is included in this plan. It, it seems like the Green New Deal is less about clean energy or energy efficiency. And instead, it's all about closing and merging schools and potentially building new ones. This was a big announcement last night. BPS is going to be merging six schools into three. We, we heard for the first time last night about some consolidation that is happening in the district but hasn't been publicly talked about. So we heard the Philbrick and the Summer School are possibly merging, uh, that the Clapp and the Russell are possibly merging, and that the Shaw is merging with another school. We didn't hear which school they were potentially merging with, maybe Mildred Ave. And this was also the dominant topic of conversation during public comment last night. 
a lot of us have been sitting through Bill DPS meetings and hearing about potentially one-off changes since 2017. That is five years of knowing that change is coming, but not knowing what will happen in the end. That is a lot of instability. It was really concerning to me when I heard in our May 26th Green New Deal meeting that BPS would be starting another 12 to 18 month audit. I was confused because an audit was done of the buildings at the beginning of Bill BPS. Perhaps it needs a bit of updating, but it feels like we are starting over after a lot of years of arduous waiting. I was also concerned that Mayor Wu is asking Desi to have a master plan ready by December, 2023. That basically means we won't have a master plan until we are seven years into a 10 year building process, which is unacceptable to me. We need to move faster. Our students and families deserve to know the plan and get places to places of stability. Moving along, as they explained it, members of the English Language Learners Task Force were forced to use public comment as a forum for providing an update to school committee because they weren't invited, as is typical, to give an update to school committee this year. Yes, Jill. And in their public comment, they spoke about the need for appropriate services for English language learners across the district and their concerns about the district's ability to meet the standards set forth by the Department of Justice. These are many of the same issues that were flagged in the DESE report just a few weeks ago. The meeting then moved on to the bus driver's contract. We heard from both Mayor Wu and the superintendent that this contract has made major headway to ensure that kids are picked up and dropped off every day. And Jill, you know, this is a major issue, right? This is in that has been in the Desi report, but it's also, quite frankly, how thousands of our parents experience a transportation system. They think it is broken because it doesn't pick up their kids. Last night, instead of hearing about the bus driver contract, we what we heard from our legal office in BPS was that the school committee would not be told about the details of the bus driver contract, and that instead. That contract is with Transdev, the private contractor. So it's not privy to BPS, is Wait, what they're told. Can I ask you a question about that, though? Because because school committee started late. It there was an executive session that was supposed to go for thirty minutes. Went on. I think I think it started like forty eight minutes. You know, into the hour. Were they discussing this contract and they didn't have to discuss it publicly or are they discussing something else? Or we don't know, I guess. They were in executive we, yeah, se- we, I mean, session. We, we know they were in executive session about the bus driver contract. Oh, okay. We, we know don't that. know what was discussed as in, in that executive session. Yeah. Publicly, we were told that the contract would not be discussed with the school committee. And then, in fact, the school committee does not have a purview over that contract. Doesn't vote on the contract. Right. It's done. It's done. And in fact, the school committee only would vote on two articles. Side agreements. Side agreements. Yeah. The first side agreement stated that the school committee would approve that regardless of the vendor. So say TransDev is no longer the vendor for BPS and they chose a new vendor, that the bus drivers would be guaranteed employees of whomever is the new vendor essentially in perpetuity. Which seems crazy because if you're hiring a new vendor, how are you going to force them to hire all of these, events. all the drivers, right? Yeah. So, so, so the first agreement was is essentially that the drivers would remain intact regardless of who the vendor is. In exchange for that, mm-hmm. the drivers would agree not to strike, which is illegal. It's illegal yeah. to strike, anyways, Jill. So, right. like, they're agreeing to In something that's already illegal, right? Right. right. The, the second uh, side agreement that the school committee was told they, they should vote on is that should BPS not use a vendor that the bus drivers will become employees of the school system, apparently in perpetuity as well. 
even if we like what if we get to school in you know in 20 years what if there are driverless cars or what if whatever we have an improved transport system or everyone's on a bicycle we still are employing the bus drivers the the bus drivers are still employed yeah in exchange for that jill mm-hmm. the bus drivers would agree not to strike which is already illegal which is illegal and you can't do and then the third thing that wait, members... Wait, wait, and, and wait a minute. And what if we actually, this actually plays out? Like, lots of people would like us to move to neighborhood schools. So then you're walking. And then we still, the bus drivers are still employed. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, that's what these side letters... Yeah, that's what it said. ...state. And then the third thing that the school committee voted on last night was was to give more money. Yeah. Uh, ask the city council for more money because um, the most expensive transportation contract in the, in, in the country, it had just gone up for a couple million we dollars. We to top it off. Because of, because of the agreement of this contract. It, the, Jill, I am. It's an amazing negotiation. Two anyway. things that, that, that strike me about this last yeah. night. First, this reform contract that is a major part of the DESE audit that the, the mayor and the superintendent have lauded for the last couple of weeks saying we fixed it. They gave zero details of right. what's in that contract. Right. It is highly concerning that the public did not have insight into what is happening here because this is what impacts people's children every day. Well, it doesn't solve for that either because there's nothing that was disclosed last night said that bus driver X, that there's any repercussion for him not showing up for work, which is what the superintendent keeps saying is the problem that, that we don't have enough bus drivers and therefore we don't hit like all of the routes or that someone just at the end, you know, in the morning cancels and there's too many of those people. And so we can't field a full force, a full fleet of buses. And so kids don't get to school on time. So it doesn't, I don't see how this solves for that. This is basically just saying we won't strike. When we've talked about this in the past and, and we have crises after crises in the fall around transportation and everybody is, is up in arms and saying, what are we going to do about this? This is, this is incredulous. We can't let this happen any longer. And then things kind of calm down and, and it goes away for a little while. And then when we have a chance to address the key issues that will prevent this from happening in the fall, all we do is move it forward without addressing the key problems. And spend more money. And this is this is absolutely a failure of our city government yeah. to let this happen. And the other thing that was highly concerning to me last night, Jill, mm. was that the school committee members said nothing. They were muted. Yeah. So I don't know what happened in that executive session last night. I don't know what they were told. Mm. But when asked to vote on this contract, no school committee member had any positive things negative things or any questions to ask they were muted right and there's a lot of questions here moving on the final presentation of the evening was on renewals for five bps innovation schools ross what was this presentation about you know typically these happen one at a time where uh, innovation schools or schools with autonomy we've heard some from horse man schools in the past yeah. they come to the school committee and ask for renewals of their of their plans. Mm-hmm. It, this time, there was a consolidation of these schools into five to all renew their innovation plans. It, it's quite frankly, it's refreshing to hear from school leaders at the school committee yeah. uh, and, and to hear the robust exchange between members and school leaders about their daily experiences of the kids in their schools. At the end of the day, that's what it, it's all about, yeah. guaranteeing the best possible experience for our students. And it, it stands in stark contrast to the convoluted district processes that are both confusing and unnecessarily disorganized. And that's what happened last night at Boston Public Schools School Committee meeting. Here are some of the questions that we think are worth asking. When is Superintendent Casilius's last contracted day? Will there be an interim superintendent 
And, and if so, what is the process for choosing and confirming that person? When will the superintendent finalist be announced? And when will a confirmed public schedule be available? What are the details of the mergers being proposed? What are the details of the transportation contract? And of course, there are ways to engage and get involved. If you know of parents and community members who would like to serve on the superintendent interview panels, email their names to Chair Jerry Robinson. Her email is in our blog. And if you haven't listened yet, there's no better time to check out our special podcast series on the search for a superintendent. It's seven episodes featuring exclusive interviews with Superintendent Caselius and her five predecessors and more than a dozen community leaders. The full series is available in your podcast feed and at bostonsuperintendent.com. Thanks for listening to Last Night at School Committee. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, please rate, review, like, and share it with your fellow friends, parents, and residents of Boston. We all have a stake in the future success of Boston students. Have a great day.